Do you recall a day where everything clicked into place, where the world seemed to move in perfect harmony and every task flowed effortlessly? Introducing you to London Nootropics, adaptogenic coffee blends, thoughtfully crafted to elevate and balance your day, delivering all the perks of your beloved coffee, plus the incredible benefits of adaptogens, which also help to dial down those less than loved side effects like jitters, anxiety, and that all too familiar crash. A premium mix of medicinal mushroom extracts and other potent adaptogens, each blend is targeted for a specific purpose depending on what you need. Flow enhances your mental clarity and focus. Zen is your go-to for stress, relief and balance. And Mojo offers that clean, natural energy lift. It's the synergy between caffeine and adaptogens that works wonders, allowing us to relish the caffeine buzz without the drawbacks, ensuring a smooth, sustained energy flow. My top pick is the Zen Blend. It's a lifesaver for those of us who are caffeine sensitive and not to mention comes in the most charming packaging. So why not elevate your coffee experience with London New Tropics? Discover the perfect blend, find your flow and enjoy an exclusive 20% discount with the code SaturnReturns at LondonNewTropics.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Saturn Returns with me, Kagi Dunlop. This is a new podcast that aims to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt. Pausing this for a moment because I've got something exciting to share. Today's episode is brought to you by London Nootropics, the masters of crafting adaptogenic coffee blends that don't just taste heavenly, but they also boost your energy the right way. Now we all love that zesty kick from caffeine. It snaps us awake by outsmarting those sleepy adenosine receptors in our brain. But here's the kicker. Caffeine can hike up our cortisol, giving us the jitters or anxiety, particularly if you're like me and caffeine sensitive. But that's where the magic of adaptogen steps in. These natural heroes level out our cortisol, smoothing the energy boost from caffeine without the downsides. Plus, while caffeine tends to rush in and fade away, leaving you crashing, adaptogens extend that energy, keeping you vibrant without reaching for another cup. So if you want to find your most productive self with Lion's Mane and Rhodiola in their flow blend, Cordyceps in Mojo is known to increase our aerobic capacity, oxygen flow and boost ATP, so it's perfect before a run or workout or when you're feeling fatigued. So if you're intrigued and you want to dive deeper into their blend secrets and discover which adaptogens sync with you, try visiting their website. And because you're part of the Saturn Returns family, enjoy a special 20% off at London Nootropics Adaptogenic Coffee with the code Saturn Returns. Enjoy. tuning into what's inherently ours and what we're good at and shining a light on what our gifts and our purpose is allows us to come back to ourselves you know and that's the feeling of when you understand your design and start living your design that home is inside of each one of us and we don't need to kind of look externally for for this feeling of um completeness yeah In this episode of Saturn Returns, we have human design expert Liv Lassanos on, which I'm so excited about because human design is probably something that a lot of you aren't familiar with. And I was only made familiar with it at the end of last year when a friend of mine, Kelly, took me to Liv's workshop. 
And it completely blew my mind and I found it incredibly fascinating and it really helped inform me a lot about myself and what my gifts are and how to operate in the world. So you get a human design chart, which is like a body graph and using your birthday and the time of birth and the place you were born, it reveals a genetic design and we can use this design to access our body's consciousness and as a decision-making tool. It's a relatively new thing that actually a man came up with, um, as we'll discuss, in in Ibiza in the 80s, which <laughs> I was a little sceptical about. But uh, just bear with it and be open because I think it will really help a lot of you if you're at a point where you're, you know, unsure about career or where to go in life, how to navigate your next step. Because for instance, I, I'm i someone that ha- requires a lot of time alone, but in society that's not always encouraged. And I've often felt a bit weird about it. I'm like, am I just really antisocial or what's going on? And through my design, I could see that actually it's really important for me to have that time alone and to for me to be able to operate properly in the world I need I need those moments and in the same breath you might find that actually you're someone that really thrives off being around lots of people or you might find that you need to be working with the energy of the moon like there's all sorts of different categories and that can help dictate how how you should move in this in this life so yeah it's it's quite a lot to digest but I think Liv explains it amazingly and I suggest you listen to this episode and remain open because I think it will really help you. It really helped me. And afterwards, do a little bit of research about it and and see what you think. But I hope you take something from this episode and you enjoy it because I loved it. Hello and welcome, Libby. Hi, Kagi. Can you tell us a little bit about what human design is? Yeah, sure. So human design is a system that pulls together the wisdom of astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life and the Hindu chakra system. That is fascinating. And how did you get into it? So I had a reading done myself a few years ago and I was searching for my purpose, wondering, you know, there must be more to life than my job. I wasn't feeling very fulfilled And I guess it was kind of around or a little bit before my Saturn return. And I had a reading done and it felt like I was just being read like an open book. I couldn't explain how somebody else knew so much about me who hadn't met me before, who didn't know me. Um, And it really just gave me a sense of self-acceptance and understanding. Do you think it gave you the freedom to then go on to what you've done now. Yeah, I think it kind of allowed me to see what my inherent gifts and skills were, Mm. what my purpose and life theme were, and tune into those. And, you know, somewhere along the lines, I just stopped trying to be somebody else. you were supposed to be. Yeah. Because you were in law, which is so different from what you're doing (laughs) now. And to make that shift is really impressive, actually, because so many people just think, well, I'm so far gone in this, and I'm doing quite well, and Mm. when I sort of make sense, and I think it's what I it was supposed to look like and don't give themselves the freedom to actually jump ship yeah which you did so that's incredibly impressive thank you I think I I was feeling quite lost and 
um, unfulfilled. And those feelings together can really drive you to want to change something, I think. Um, so really, yeah, looking within those those feelings that we're having is a, a call to wake up. That there's something out there. And how do you how would you say for someone that never really has to to look within? I think so that's exactly where human design helps us because it can identify um, where in the body the signals are that we need to listen to. So what part of our energetic body is trying to communicate to us um, to show us off. Yeah, something's off or or to guide us in the right direction. Um, so, you know, at its most basic, it's just an excellent self-awareness tool. Um, that is actually probably the easiest way of describing it because I don't want it to sound too complicated to people because in a way it mm. is quite complicated. Yeah. It's quite a lot to, to digest. Mm. And I think when I came and did the workshop, I mean, you spoke so eloquently about it. But going back to basics, could you tell me who was it that came up with the idea? Because that's yeah. quite an extraordinary story in itself, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I have Ibiza in my mind. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. So there was a guy who um, was called Ra Uruhu, and he was living in Ibiza. He was originally from Canada, and he'd moved to the island and had been living there. And he entered into an eight-day meditation where it was said that he heard a voice and he downloaded the human design system as we know it today um yeah I mean absolutely incredible and can you imagine (laughs) (laughs) I mean the story goes that he kind of tried to run away from it a bit because it was all so intense Mm. anyhow he spent the rest of his life kind of devoted to the system to bring it together as we know it now to teach people how to read human design charts and so when was that that was in January 87 so it's quite a new system. It's really new. Yeah. Wow. Um, but it, yeah, it pulls together the the wisdom of ancient systems. Mm. So uh, it's very profound, very detailed, and there's so much information you can get from a chart. Because mm. um, I think what we're going to do today is go into mine a little bit, so people get a demonstration of, yeah. of how it works. Mm-hmm. Because in this, in a similar way to astrology, in that we are categorized, it works in a similar way doesn't it yeah that's right yeah so in human design we have our energy type um which i guess akin to astrology is kind of like your sun sign so understanding your energy type is the entry point to human design and you can get so much just from knowing your energy type um and then there are other kind of um pieces of the chart that we pull together to give a flavor of what your your energetic blueprint is like so yeah five different energy types and can you talk us through them yeah sure So we usually start with the manifestors and they are about 10% of the population. Manifestors are the true initiators um, in this lifetime. And, you know, our collective conditioning says that we should all be going out hustling, driving to get. But actually, that's only energetically correct for about 10% of the population. So we're kind of living in a conditioned world where we're all trying to go, 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 go. But it's only really right for this small number of people. So we're categorized into energy types and and non-energy beings, really. So manifestors, generators and manifesting generators are all what we call energy beings and then you have projectors and reflectors which are non-energy beings and so I mean just with the word manifester it doesn't mean that the other types can't manifest Mm -hmm. it's just the way that we use our energy is important. So manifestors are the ones that are 
like high energy and can be out all the time. So they really, they have a very quick catalyzing energy. Um, they initiate things very quickly and they're the only type that don't need to wait for something to happen before they just go. They don't like being told no and they don't like being told don't. Um, because of the size of their aura, they're kind of just ready to rise to the top really. Um, and sometimes they can have this repelling effect where they almost push others away as they get to the top. But Really, uh, you know, that energy isn't designed to go consistently. It will come in fits and starts because you can't keep going at that mm. lightning speed forever. So learning to play with that energy is really important for the manifester. And their strategy in human design is to inform, which really means just to let other people know what's going on. Because they have such quick catalyzing energy, they'll go off and then everyone will be left behind, like waiting, <laughs> waiting for them. Where have you gone, manifester? And they kind of, th that creates a bit of a dissonance in the auras of people. So um, some people, you know, rise to the top without, really having a thought for everyone else but I think the manifesto today really have the option to say to people like are you kind of going to come join my journey with me and that is the strategy that they should take through life to let other people know what they're doing it's kind of like just a courteousness mm. um, Who, what, is there an example of someone that's well known <clears throat> yes yeah, so Hitler was a manifesto <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Trump as well. Yeah. yeah. And they say, you know, he came into power in the way that... Um, it's just like, I'm going for this. Unapologetically. Nothing, nothing stopping me. Yeah. I don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah. yeah. So manifestors in their highest vibration are going to be very empowering people. And they'll feel a sense of peace when life's going the right way. So for each of the types, there's a signature theme of when stuff's going well in flow and when maybe things need to be adjusted and the universe is sending us a bit of a signal to say, hang on a sec, let's get back on track. Wow. Um, so the get back on track sign for manifestors is anger. So if you are a manifester, then I'm feeling angry a lot of the time. It's a sign for you to kind of, yeah, look up and see what's going on here. And peace is when things are mm. going well. Yeah, that sense of peace. And what about the other ones? So we have generators and manifesting generators. So generators are the majority of the population together with manifesting generators make up about 70%. Um, so most likely you'll be surrounded by generators. And if you aren't a generator or manifesting generator, you know that you're in the minority. Um, and so things will be a bit different. But generators are these beings who are designed to really respond to life using their, what we call their sacral chakra. So uh, when we look at a human design chart, which, by the way, you can you can get a copy of yours if you're wondering how to um, find your design, you can go onto a website called mybodygraph.com and you pop in your birth details, much like astrology, uh, and it brings up your chart and this website will kind of have the basics of what you are and um, what your strategy is, your energy type, your strategy, and we'll come on to authority, which is your unique decision making. Um, so yeah, if you see that you're a generator, you're going to have that juicy life force to go in life. And they're here to respond to life using their sacral chakra to really um, have more energy by being engaged in the things that they love doing. But we're living in a world where people aren't doing the things that they love doing. So we're living in a world of conditioned generators, really. Um, so the idea is that we want to kind of make generators aware of their designs and how they can use their energy. Because when they have so much of it and they have a consistent sense of it, 
to put towards something that they love. And when they do that, they'll get more energy. So if as a generator, you're feeling drained and frustrated, the not self theme, the signpost from the universe that stuff isn't going right, then your energy isn't being put towards things that you love doing. Mm. Uh, And, you know, we can live in a world where we can put our energy towards stuff that we love doing and it doesn't have to be hard and heavy, like we were saying. Mm. There was, when I was younger, I was naturally someone that was very in flow Mm -hmm. and things would just fall into place and on. I'd just be on the right path naturally. But then I just remember picking up on things like, like my mother would sort of have this approach that was more like, it shouldn't be easy. Like, life needs to be a bit hard. Okay. Otherwise, it's not working. And obviously, yeah. she didn't mean anything by that. That's her own conditioning and yeah. her own experience. Mm-hmm. But then I remember thinking, like, oh, I need things need to be difficult. difficult. <laughs> and then the more I went into that, the more difficult they became, became and the more off path I went and the more lost. And then the more I was trying to create the narrative in my own head of how things supposed to go rather than just literally stepping one foot in front of the other and just going according to plan yeah and I think people are fearful of people living that way sometimes because it's so when someone's walking uniquely to their own path it can be threatening to the masses that aren't Mm. yeah I mean human design really is embodied in this one word conditioning that we experience from a really young age and the idea is that we're born perfect and by the age of five or six, we are, we've been conditioned by the auric influences of people around us, like our caregivers, our parents, our peers, school. And that takes us off who we are here to be. Mm. So navigating back, and I get it, you know, when you were younger, you were probably in that state of being in your design and life flowing. Mm. But when we kind of step away from our own truth and our path, that's when we go down the feelings of like being lost and maybe trying to use our mind to work out how to move forward also in today's culture when we are given a thousand different opinions 24 mm. 7 and with social media and everything it's yeah. it's very hard to to quiet that mm-hmm. to keep that noise out and to just create the stillness and silence within us to know where we're supposed to be going mm. what would your advice be for for that really i think Understanding your design is like the first step, really, because that enabled me to get back onto my track and Mm. know that um, I had my own truth. And, you know, there's many truths, obviously, in in this lifetime, but honing and kind of tuning into what's inherently ours and what we're good at and shining a light on what our gifts and our purpose is allows us to come back to ourselves, you know? And that's the feeling of when you understand your design and start living your design, that home is inside of each one of us. And we don't need to kind of look externally for mm. for this feeling of, um, you know... Completeness. Yeah. And also I think what I can almost hear people thinking whilst listening to this, <laughs> well, I couldn't just do that because it wouldn't make me a success. Mm. And I think it's important to say this, that there isn't one version of success even though that's what we're told Mm. and we're usually told that it's to do with money yeah and of course like it's important to have our basic needs met but Mm -hmm. beyond that actually more money doesn't make you happier or feel more purposeful or fulfilled yeah but doing this kind of work and really establishing what your unique path is Mm. that will bring you success anyway I believe and that 
it might not look to everyone else like their idea of success, but it, it will feel like that to you. You know, when we look at the chart, we can see some people who have um, what we call the defined heart, the ego centre. These people might be driven by success and material needs and wants and desires like that. And actually, it's only 30% of the population that do. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're all chasing it. Exactly. We're all, we're all running around as if we have defined hearts when actually there are only about 30% of us do. Mm. Um, okay, and what so, yeah. about the other ones? Yeah, so coming back to um, the, so the manifesting generators, these these type are the hybrid of a generator and a manifester, but more generator by design, and again here to respond to life using that sacral chakra, the second one up in in the chart, and the more that they engage in those things that they love doing, the more energy they'll have. And when they have that response to go, then they can put forward their manifesting capabilities and their actual powerhouses, the manifesting generators. They have a very big um, aura and energy and they're very dynamic when they're in flow. The idea with a manifesting generator is that they have lots of different fingers and all, all of the pies. So, you know, we're taught again through conditioning that we just have that one linear path. The MGs are here to take us out of that path, out of that one hard, heavy, and put, you know, explore many different interests because each of the interests and the things that they're drawn towards, their passions, will teach them a skill or a lesson or something that they're here to maybe share with the collective. Uh, really, the variety is the spice of life for them. Yeah, because I think in the same way that, you know, we, we have lots of relationships in life and friendships and we change, yet our careers are supposed to be quite concrete from mm. a very young age mm -hmm. and it's, it's a bit unnatural and unrealistic and I think that whenever I've tried to really go to tunnel vision on one thing yeah. it hasn't Worked connected out. no right for me and actually I went to see a um a healer not that long ago yeah and she was asking me about what I did mm -hmm. and I was like I'm a singer and she was like it's not resonating in your body and I was like <laughs> I know, why? <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 keep going. She was like, there's truth there, but keep going. And I was like, I'm a songwriter. And she was like, this is true. Mm. And she was like, and, and I was just going on about all the things that I'm passionate about and do. And she was like, okay, afterwards, she was like, you need to completely open up your language about what you're doing and what you want to do in life. And don't be afraid to seem like it's a lot of things. Yeah. And now I'm a bit more like, that's that's part of what I do but it's not the only thing. Yeah. And there are these other things and these are the things I'm interested in. These are the things I'm passionate about. And strangely, by opening it up, it's become a lot clearer and more concise. Yeah. And I feel like every day more confident in myself about who I am and like what I'm contributing. Yeah. And your chart suggests that there are going to be a few things that you're kind of, yeah, drawn towards or here to express in this lifetime. So not having just that one linear pathway of being a singer, maybe it's like there's there's so much more that we can explore here. So mm. many gifts you have to offer out to people. Mm. Um, so maybe we can touch on projectors now because that's what you are. Yeah. Um, and projectors are about 25% of the population and they are the born guides for the community. So their role role is really to kind of... Worrying uh, for the community. <laughs> yeah, <I'm joking. laughs> 
um, yeah, really they see how the trouble is. So projectors, they're one of what I explained, are non-energy beings. They don't have this consistent life force energy that the generators and the manifesting generators do. And their idea is that they really can see things very well. They work well one-to-ones. They see into people very well. They see systems very well. But our conditioning is kind of not telling us that there's any good from just being able to see stuff, that we need to be one of the generators or the manifesting mm. generators going, 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 you know. But really the projector's gift is in seeing. Um, so they're here to guide us and guide the other energy types as to how we're all doing really and where we can maybe improve things or where the energy needs to shift. As projectors, they live in what we call an environment of recognition. Um, and this is linked to their strategy of waiting for an invitation. So the idea with projectors is that they have a gift or a thing or a niche that they want to explore. And they can kind of go down this rabbit hole of getting really good and um, exploring this one thing that they're very drawn to in that moment. And they kind of become a bit of an expert in it, maybe the system that they see or whatever it is that they're pursuing. And then they wait for somebody to invite them to share their gifts. This has been really problematic for me, actually. Really? Yeah, because I've always needed an invitation to do stuff. Okay. And it's my parents, or specifically mother, would be like, what are you waiting for? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. Someone Someone needs to give me permission. Yeah. And it's interesting that that is actually part of it, because for me, I always felt like it must have come down to a lack of self-worth or Mm. not thinking I'm good enough but actually I think it's more well I think it's probably a combination yeah I mean we can see um areas of conditioning that are going to affect us but it's really that somebody sees something special and unique in you and they invite you in to sort of share that Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that we have to sit on our sofa and wait for the golden envelope to come through the door we can actually create a safe space and a platform for us to share what we do and the thing that gift that we want to share and then you'll start noticing when things are in alignment of these invitations coming to you people starting to recognize you people wanting to learn more about that thing that you're going to be sharing Um, but it's important to kind of not really go out there and put it on everyone as a projector because sometimes that can kind of not create the best energy with our auras you know it can be that traditional thing of like writing to people say here here's my work like have a look see what you think and then it's up to them whether Mm. they you know you've shared a a nugget and you showed up and you because how can people find us if we don't give them something to work Mm. off and then whether they then invite you in and they've seen you for your gifts. It's up to them. Exactly. Um, And really, when the projector isn't feeling recognised and valued and seen for their gifts, they can end up feeling quite bitter. So Mm. like the manifesto feels angry, the projector's going to sense this bitterness. Mm. I feel this sense of bitterness that they're just not really understood and why don't they kind of get me? Um, But when they're in their flow and they are being recognised and the invitations are coming and people see you and they see the projector, then they feel success. So success is the... Yeah, the signature theme. Interesting. Yeah. Something that I've struggled with is, like, when I'm in flow, if if there is something that comes up as a block or an obstacle, Mm. I've historically found it very difficult to manoeuvre my way around and get stuck. Mm -hmm. 
is that connected to this at all? You do have something in your chart that's a bit like intolerance for these roadblocks and things. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually in your soul side, your unconscious side. So, really? yeah, I guess it's kind of like, what is what is the bigger lesson there? Like when we step back, you know, we're confronted by something. What is this experience like trying to teach us? You know, moving mm. away from uh, victim or blame consciousness and stepping into like, this is life like flowing through me. What can I see here? You know, mm. I think changing the narrative. Talk, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Moving out of victimhood was very big for me. Mm. And there's a bit of shame around saying that, but yeah. And that was actually something that was very pivotal through my Saturn return. Yeah. Moving out of this uh, energy of blame and victim into, yeah, things are happening by me. And really, mm. I'm going to kind of, I'm in control of my destiny here and I can manifest these things that I want to happen to me. Which is so liberating. Yeah, like there is a sense of freedom with that. And I think it's liberating coming out of blame consciousness as well. You oh, know? 100%. Like um, realizing that there is this much bigger picture and that life is going to flow through us really that's what human design is about it's giving us this sense of like consciousness and awareness like how awakened and in tune with life can we become mm. how conscious can we become with our lives and these mm. are like the tools that we see like here's you what can you do with this and how- also with every thing that happens in your life whether I mean we see it as as bad at the time the difference is now having the consciousness and the awareness to be like, this is this is a good thing. Mm. Even the bad stuff, you're like, okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> like, teach me. Yeah. Rather than, why is this happening to me? The mm. world is against me. I'm a victim. Because, mm. you know, from dark, there comes light. Mm. It's, it's part of the tapestry of life. It's what makes it, it full. Mm. Yeah, and you are, from your chart, you are somebody who's kind of here to teach us that, like how to live the fullness of life. Oh, tell yeah. me more. <laughs> yeah. um, so, well, should we, shall I cover the reflectors? So yes, we've got yes, all of yes, them, yes. then we can dive yeah. into your chart. So I don't do want it. to leave the, um, leave the precious out. reflectors. Yeah, they're only 1% of the population. Oh, wow. um, and you, you will recognise a reflector because they have all open space in their chart. So none of the any energy centres are coloured in. Um, and they are lunar beings. So they're here to kind of move with the rhythm of the of the moon. And what that really means is that for them to kind of make any important decision or big decision in life is that they have to wait a full lunar cycle to kind of get clarity on things. Um, you know, which comes with real patience <laughs> because mm. when, you know, we don't really live in a society where we can kind of hop- that. Exactly. No. Yeah. But they're very open beings and they're true chameleons. They can reflect back exactly what is going on in society. So they're real mirrors for society. And it's really good to know or to have at least one reflector in your life that can kind of test the temperature of what's going on what's going on with with society, with that group of people. And this is really important for them to know because it means the environment is really key for them. So a reflector's not going to be feeling great if they're not in the right environment because they're so open, they will pick up on everything, Everything. absorb everything. Mm. But when a reflector understands that they are a reflector, like there can be a huge sense of relief. Because with your design, Mm. I think... 
is my intuition. Yeah, so you've got a defined what we call spleen, which is the house and the centre of intuition, fears, instincts and survival. So when you see a centre coloured in in the chart, it's, it's, it's energy which is consistent to you and you have a bit of a buffer against the outside world kind of picking up on it. So mm. with somebody who has, say, an emo open emotion centre, which you do, Kagi, you'll be picking up potentially on the emotions of other people around you. Mm. With your defined spleen, it makes you somebody who's very... Um, very connected to their intuition and should always trust their intuition in any given moment and use it as almost like your superpower to guide you forward in life. Coming out of the mind, because in human design, it's no one's decision making to make to, or to take decisions from the mind, but tune into our, what our body's trying to say. And it's not given that much value. No, in, I think that's right. You know, in, in the way we talk about things today, you know, for me to just say... I get, I have this feeling <laughs> it's not really considered a justified reason. No. But it should be. Mm. In fact, like you're saying that it should be my most justified. Exactly. So in, in your design, um, maybe you won't necessarily see it yourself because this sits on your unconscious side. You've got quite a lot of leadership energy in your chart. So you have um, this this energy that's called the creative role model and you're here to really be a channel of inspiration to other people to empower and to lead other people um, and the way that we do that is being individual being ourselves this sits in what's called the individual circuitry in human design so nobody else is going to lead like you lead when you are in your authentic self um, there's a couple of other kind of elements in the design which really suggest that you're on a journey of like really being a voice for self-love in this world and mm. tuning into this feeling of like, when I understand me and when I love me for me, that is going to empower and ripple out, you know, to society. Um, well, you set an example and then you allow the people the invitation to do the same thing. Mm. Yeah, so being in that flow and do, do you recognise yourself as a leader, would you say? Having leadership. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think that I've liked the idea, without it sort of sounding egotistical, mm. the time when I feel most myself is when, or the happiest, is when if I get a message on my Instagram saying, like, I read this or I saw this and this inspired me, like, that's yeah. when I'm like, okay, I'm on the right path. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that... A difficulty of stepping out of the public eye is I, I lost that a little bit. So I think this, like, even doing this podcast, I think is a really, it really resonates with me on a very deep level. It really carries, like, an acoustic quality, this energy. So tuning into the sounds of things, like whether something sounds right, sensing out the environment, the people through sound is really important. It's interesting you said that thing about the voice, because actually I, I um, was thinking yesterday about the things that have helped with my own struggles with depression and a big one is that I wasn't speaking my truth mm -hmm. I think I've avoided confrontation so I've avoided speaking up yeah a lot of the time and then that's caused me upset whereas now I just go into things I'm like speaking my truth mm. even in its most vulnerable state has been incredibly empowering yeah for me so it's interesting that you say that it's a lot comes from the throat yeah I and I think also with the with the music like mm. It doesn't necessarily mean that I want to be this all singing, all dancing 
pop star because I don't I don't really but it's my story and it's my voice and it's a it's a way I connect to the world yeah I think you touched on something avoiding confrontation and the truth this is one of the signposts that we get uh, with open emotion center in human design and uh, you have an open emotion center so what this means is that you're going to be potentially picking up on emotions of all those people around you and quite feeling them as though they're your own. So within the chart, each of the centres has what we call like the not-self theme. So when we're not in alignment and avoiding confrontation and the truth is going to be the one that comes up for you. So Mm. funny, you've had this journey to kind of find your voice again. um, And you know, with this sense of leadership and taking us out in your individual transformative direction is finding your voice again. It's going to be an individual voice and there will be this acoustic kind of quality to it where people are going to trust in the tone of your voice and what you're saying. Is it authentic? Mm. Um, So to really be in alignment is so important and everyone has a voice. For you in particular, so you have what we call the 4-1 profile in human design and this is really quite a rare profile and you find that people are really into psychology human behavior maybe astrology and human design with this in their chart and it's this sense of just wanting to kind of get to the bottom and the truth of things (laughs) yeah I was saying earlier my flatmate walked in last night and I was just like ogling at the television watching another true crime documentary and she was like you're obsessed and I was like I am and she was like you just are fascinated by humans and their psychology and the way they operate and I I really am I always have been yeah it's just something that's kind of within you and in your design and really like your soul wants you to experience that as well um so the lesson with this is really just to stay individual and connect to your truth and then that will ripple out ripple out as you start sharing the things that you love um which is really what you're doing with this profile often people find an account and an authoritative figure or a mentor or somebody that has offered them something or that they believe in and that they can kind of follow as a truth. Um, Of course, the truth is subjective, but it's about having this, um, this curiosity and wanting to kind of dive deeper and see what life is all about and then sharing that with the collective. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's no surprise to me that you've kind of found found your way to do this as well. Well, I think, you know, it's been a, a tricky journey because it takes, a, you know, like we mentioned earlier that I need the invitation. And I mm. think for me, a huge thing is, being, is finding the people around me that support me. Yeah. The tribe really finds the projector when they're in their flow and mm. in their design um, and they're really they're going to have kind of like a message or a way to guide the community through being in their design. So um, it's a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) But for you, it's really important just to trust those instinctive hits that you get um, as to to driving you forward in any given moment to knowing whether something's right, like who in the tribe we trust and who, you know, things don't feel right with Mm. um, because that's, you know, your overall decision-making. So that will move you forward in any given moment just to trust, Mm. uh, trust in that intuition that you have. Also you can apply that, of course, to relationships and and friendships or anything really because there's someone, you're communicating with someone, like say you're dating at the early stages and it just doesn't feel right, like energetically, that's enough. Mm. 
having the courage as well to just say, no, this doesn't feel right to me. And no, I think I know that there's something more out there. Mm. Um, This is a real good tip for generators because they're here to respond to life. So they're going to be plateaus and moments where life isn't sending them something to respond to. And they might feel a bit stuck, but patience and trust that something is coming their way and something, you know, opening up space to receive something is really important. So yeah, you have to create the space for that thing to come in yeah also tests Mm. like if a relation you want to call in a relationship let's say or you want to call in a career and something will come along that's like kind of what you want but not quite yeah having the courage and confidence to be like no Mm -hmm. is really tough and it's not to say that if you don't everything's gonna fall apart yeah but those are really like important moments to look out for, I think. This is about your own self-worth, really, isn't it? And and up-leveling that. Yeah, I think that's so right. I had this experience a lot because I was sharing before, I used to be a lawyer. And to make the transition into what I do now, I mm. actually, you know, in the recent months, I got sent and um, headhunted, really, for a, a job which in a previous time would have been an ideal role for me and would have ticked all of the boxes. Um, And I was, you know, slowly transitioning into doing human design full time. And it, I felt like this was really the test as Mm. to whether or not I was going to go back and go to the interview and step back into that lower self-worth state where I felt like, you know, I had the sense of security of being in the full-time world and having that job that like uh, made me feel good because society viewed it as a good thing to do. Um, And honestly, it took me right up until like the night before the interview, which I had said yes to, that I was like, actually, no, this is a test and I'm going to pass this one. I'm going to step into my worth and really know that I'm in alignment in doing the thing that I want to do because I knew I wasn't fulfilled before. So it's like having that trust. Yeah. And now things have like snowballed in ways that I couldn't have even imagined Mm. because I I passed the test you know Uh, so it's like I want to send courage out to people who may be feeling that and feeling the anxiety and the vulnerability of sticking and wanting to move and change but also feeling safe and secure Mm. in that space of that conflict is hard it's very hard Um, And it takes courage and bravery, you know. But you will be rewarded for it. Absolutely. I think that's really key. So, yeah, just coming a little bit back to your design. In your design, there is um, maybe a propensity with the open sacral centre to not know when enough is enough. So Mm. having an awareness of, and I think we kind of get caught up in this, at least I did. Um, I have this open in my chart too, like going, 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 because we have the defined heart and the consistent willpower and motivation to keep us moving forward um, and knowing when we're taking on other people's energy as well. So as a projector, I found when I was in an office environment, it was good for me to kind of sit at the back of the room. So I wasn't absorbing everyone else's life force and taking it on as my own to keep going, going, going. Mm. So this is often connected to our desires as well like not knowing when enough um like when food is enough when alcohol is enough um really yeah so definitely have that (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i mean i i don't drink anymore because i would not know when enough (laughs) (laughs) and like yeah food is something when sometimes i'm like well you didn't you didn't need deep for tea tonight did you (laughs) (laughs) well actually in food um our chart goes into our digestion profile and for you Kagi, you have 
what's called consecutive appetite. So the key is it's not one of the more modern ones. And actually, uh, we can really process our digestion will be in its optimum when we're just eating one thing after the other. So imagine you've got a roast and you mm. kind of have the carrots and then the peas, like one thing after the other, rather than all things together to give our digestion and our body time to like process the information that's coming in. That's how I should eat. That's what's really your design to kind of your optimum digestion would be. To shame I eat everything at the Together. same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's called the human design experiment. So you can just experiment and see how it feels. Because actually, to be honest, when I've eaten like that, I have actually felt my best. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one to explore with. So I have the silent eater profile. And this is all about uh, really eating in low sound environments. So not... With your mouth closed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> not really like going out to restaurants so much and um or having that noisy environment because it's more difficult for our digestion to uh take that on as well as the food mm. so really consciously connecting with the food which and we're all supposed to do anyway, anyway. yeah, yeah. Mm. um so yeah there's lo- i mean there's lots that we can take out um from the chart you have what we call split definition and this is all about um how we process and how we kind of are in relationships too so energetically kind of correct for you maybe you're going to feel that missing piece if you're not in a relationship so it works well for you to be in relationships like somebody's going to be that puzzle piece that enters Mm. in and makes you feel whole and processes whole as well Um, and there's different definition types in the chart Um, but does that resonate yeah yeah a lot Mm. like I am a relationship person but then that being said I'm really I wouldn't say enjoying not being in one because it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to mm. be in love. But I feel very content yeah. in my life at the moment because I get a lot from what we seek in a romantic partner from my friends. Yeah, having that circle of people that kind of are there for you, I mm. think, is really important. So, if anyone is interested in having their human design read, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so I um, I have a website which is www.liveyourdesign.co.uk, and I'm on Instagram as um, at live your design as well so played with the words there um so you can just book on through my website I do one-to-one readings um mostly over video call um I have an offering which is called a soul print as well so if you don't fancy a one-to-one reading it's like a comprehensive digital guide about your design goes deep into what your unique gifts and skills are and how you operate energetically um touches on purpose and digestion uh so yeah, there's a couple of different options. Yeah, so I think if anyone's feeling a little bit off path, mm. that this is a great thing to go and do just to kind of see, you know, find out what your purpose is a little bit more. Yeah, if you're like spiritually curious or, I mean, how I was, I was lost for purpose. So mm. yeah, this was my medicine. So I feel like I want to be able to help other people who are kind of in that space as well i love it it's such a powerful thing well thank you so much for talking with me thanks for having me so i hope you enjoyed today's episode i absolutely loved recording it because i love finding out about new things and human design is such a fascinating thing for me and it's still relatively new so 
I was learning just as much as you guys, and but I really am enjoying delving more into it because I do think what we touched on in the episode is that as a society and culture, we we have this one size fits all, go, 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 I don't have time for anything. And that's never resonated with me. And I've always felt a bit guilty about that. So having more of an understanding of what my design is, I know that it's really important for me to slow down and that that's okay. So I would love it if you guys went and found out what your design was and you can contact Liv at Live Your Design on Instagram and me at Kaggy's World. So if you have any thoughts, please feel free to get in contact. And thanks again for listening. Saturn Returns is a Feast Collective production and the producer is Hannah Farrell and the executive producer is Kate Taylor. If you did enjoy this podcast, I'd love it if you could share it with someone who you think might benefit or find it useful. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and remember, you are not alone. Goodbye.